So a timely question, I think, after that children's message is this one. Do you ever get overstimulated? Raise your hand if you ever get overstimulated by all the things going on around you. I want to paint a picture, and I am sorry in advance for stressing out most of you, but imagine you're in your house and there's a lot of things going on. The blender's running in the kitchen. Nearby, there's also the washer and dryer going. The TV's on in the living room, way too loud for some reason. And there's somewhere between two and 17 children's toys making noise all over the place. The cats are running around playing with their jingly little toys. The smoke detector is chirping. Ugh, forgot the batteries again. And then not one, not two, but three children are coming up talking to you all at the same time. What do you do? Run, right? Get out of there. Keep running down the road. Another option, a very good option, would be rip your hair out or just start screaming over the, yeah. <sighs> Finally, I'm trying to calm myself down now. <sighs> okay. Finally, maybe you're able to regulate yourself and you start to try to discern, okay, there's a lot going on. What's the most important thing that I'm hearing? What should I be singling out of, out of all the various stimuli that are out there? What should I be focusing my attention on? And so maybe you have to go and silence certain things. Get rid of some of the noise. Try to zero in on what's really important. So that's kind of the, one of the quests that we have in life is to, uh, out of all the different voices, out of all the different stimuli that are out there, out of all the noise that's going on all around us, to try to discern which things are worth listening to and which ones just aren't. Now, do you think we do a pretty good job of that most of the time? I sure don't. I freely admit that. I would say, um, I'm just going to throw us all into the same uh, bucket here. I don't think we do a very good job. I think, in fact, we're kind of predisposed to listen to the wrong voices a lot. It's kind of our burden to bear in this life. By our very nature, we are tempted to listen to the wrong voices or just listen to way too many. So I want you to think about, here for a minute, I want you to think about uh, what is the voice that you listen to the most? And why? There's a lot of voices. Maybe there's even a tie. There's seven different ones that you listen to equally. But why is it that that voice or those voices seem to be the ones that your ear is attuned to a little bit more than the others? Now we're going to take some time here. We're going to look through some of the various uh, options in life, the voices that are always speaking to us. We're going to think about those, how maybe some are, some are better, some are worse. And then uh, after we go through that, I want you guys uh, to at least pretend that you're going to be surprised as I tell you that the very best voice to listen to is Jesus. Okay? Can we make that deal that you'll do that? Because we know, we know that's where we're heading. But I think it's worthwhile for us to spend a little bit of time and kind of think about why, why do we listen to some of the voices that we do. So there are so many voices to whom you could listen. One uh, first example would be Google or all of the infinite online voices that are out there. Why is it that so many times that's the first place that I go? You guys do that too. It's probably just convenience, right? It's just right there. Just type in a question, and, um, and then 
right there, the search results come in and you know, 0.2 seconds, and there are like 20, 20 different uh, things, and you get seven different answers. How do I know which ones are right and which ones are wrong, right? How do you even do that? Um, so the, the internet is a wild wasteland of information. Uh, some of it is, is a blessing to us, uh, but sometimes it's a little bit rough to discern what is good and what is bad. Any, uh, any people like to use Wikipedia out there? Yeah? Learned, I learned that you are not supposed to cite that in a college paper, um, apparently. Uh, live and learn. But I, I, love my, I love this quote. It's from, uh, from the TV show The Office. Michael Scott, the boss on that show, is talking about Wikipedia. And he says this, Wikipedia is the best thing ever. Anyone in the world can write anything they want about any subject. So you know you are getting the best possible information. Yeah, something doesn't quite add up from that statement. So the, all the online voices, all the things that Google can hold, uh, can be kind of hit or miss. So maybe we should look at some other uh, options to listen to. One might be my peers. You know, people around me, about my same age, going through the same stage of life, perhaps. Maybe you guys even uh, lean on and listen to the voices of your peers. And you know what? Sometimes there's probably a lot of good in there. You know, like I've, I've thought about um, talking to people that are about my age, maybe their kids are a little bit older than my kids are, and I'm like, hey, tell me what I can expect. You know, tell me all your mistakes so I don't make the same ones, right? So sometimes you might, you might listen and you might learn some things. Uh, but then I've thought about this before too, like, why am I talking to these people that are about my age? Do they, do they know about the same as me? I don't know that much. Maybe I should be checking out some more authoritative sources, some experts on these topics. So maybe you shop around a little bit more. So you, you got Google, you got your peers. Maybe you even go uh, to some of these folks. Now I'm using the word influencers, kind of tongue in cheek, because that's, I know it's like a technical term these days. But anyone, think of anyone who might have uh, the potential to influence you in a, in a large way. There's people out there that it's different for all of us probably. It might be like someone who is a perceived expert in, uh, in a particular field. Think, oh, I'm gonna listen to them. They, would, they might influence me. It might be a hero of yours. Someone that's just kind of uh, larger than life. Someone that you, you kind of have irrational confidence in what they might have to say. Um, now for me, one of my heroes, uh, sports hero, is the tennis player Roger Federer. He retired a few years ago, but he still plays on in my heart. Um, but he, if, if Roger Federer came and talked to me, now I don't know why he would, but if he did and he started like giving recommendations to me, I would listen. Now I am, um, my, my favorite food is peanut butter. And I'm, a, I'm fiercely loyal to Jif. And uh, if Roger Federer came up to me and said, hey, Jif is trash, you gotta go with Skippy. You better believe immediately, without even any research, I would toss all the Jif that I had accumulated and go buy cases of Skippy. No, no questions asked. You know, kind of a frivolous example here. But sometimes there might be someone like that, that if they just showed up in front of you and they started telling you that you would listen to them for everything. Okay, we, we probably have some voice or a couple voices like that. Heroes, influencers, experts, whatever. 
that we might listen to you. The final option that we might listen to you is, oh man, we all do this one, and it's, oh, it doesn't work out so well for us uh, most of the time. But the, uh, the option is, myself, do you ever think that? Whether, you know, it's just kind of built into us. I am the leading expert on the world and life and all that the universe contains, right? And, and so I have, to, I have to think, really, I have to really think sometimes as I am actually seeking out answers from the other categories or from other voices, I have to stop and think, do I genuinely, am I genuinely seeking an answer or am I just shopping around for a voice, any voice that will confirm my priors, that will just kind of affirm, I'm like, I've had a hundred voices say that what I was thinking is the wrong thing, but one person said yes, there we are, I'm doing it, I knew it all along. We get into trouble when we do that, when we listen to our own voice too much. And so the great struggle, one of the great struggles in life, I would say, is trying to figure out which voices are right and which ones are wrong. Which ones are worth listening to and which ones you should just silence. And as I said at the beginning, we are not very good at doing this. Now I promise I'm going somewhere with all of this. And that our, our segue is, this is Transfiguration Sunday. And we had that gospel reading from Mark chapter 9. And this uh, famous story, I mean, we, it's the week uh, before Lent begins, it's always, we do the transfiguration story, and we have Peter, James, and John, they're kind of like the, the inner circle of the inner circle, the three disciples of the twelve that get to go on the special uh, field trips with Jesus sometimes, so they get to go onto the top of the mountain, and things are somewhat normal until they're not anymore, and Jesus gets all bright and shiny. He looks totally different. He looks like God. And the disciples are thinking, what is going on here? Uh, but wait, more things start to happen. Um, Moses and Elijah, these great heroes of the faith, step out of the pages of the Bible, and now they're standing there, they're flanking Jesus on either side, and talk about being overstimulated. I think that's what was going on for the disciples. These guys are overstimulated. What, what is happening right now? Because Moses and Elijah, you know, for, for Israelites... They were about the best voices available at that time. These were probably, again, for Israelites, the, the two most famous people that ever walked the earth. And so Peter, James, and John were thinking, wow, these are, these are the heroes. Like, I, I still think about these guys. They're like heroes of all the stories that we learned. These are like the guys at that time. You know, if you had, if you had a rookie card of Moses or Elijah, you know, who cares about Mickey Mantle? You're going to be wealthy if you have one of these. these. These are the best of the best. They are definitely worth listening to. Moses was a great prophet. He was sent by God uh, to go to Egypt and try to deliver his people from slavery. He stands up against the most powerful man in the world, the Pharaoh of Egypt, says, let my people go. He's sending plagues. He's parting the waters of the sea. Then they're out in the wilderness. He goes up on a mountain and talks to God. He gets divine revelation from God for how you're supposed to live as God's people. He's, as we read earlier, he's, he's talking to God, and his face is shining brightly from being in the presence of God. Moses 
was a great prophet. Moses was a hero. Moses was somebody worth listening to. And then on the other side, Elijah, another great prophet. He also stood up to an evil king, King Ahab of Israel. He does many miracles. He's one of the last faithful prophets of God in that time period. He faces off on another mountain, Mount Carmel, against 400 prophets of the false god Baal, and God sends the fire down and gives him the victory and then he, go, he miraculously goes up into heaven in this whirlwind, I mean, just legendary way to exit the earth, right? Moses, or Elijah, was a, an amazing prophet. He was a hero. He was worth listening to. So you have these two guys right here, Jesus, bright, shiny Jesus in the middle, and the disciples, they, they are overstimulated, and they don't quite know what to make of this situation. They're trying to figure it out, but it's pretty clear that they don't totally know what they're supposed to be learning from this. But you can see this, so they, they've been following Jesus, and now these, these heroes of legend have come out, and they're kind of, it's almost like they are, just by talking to Jesus, they're like uh, co-signing on Jesus. They're like giving our testimonial, this Jesus is another great prophet, right? They're putting their, He's another great prophet worth listening to. And so Peter... He's, he's the spokesman for the group, and he says, Rabbi, it is good that we are here. Let's make one tent for you and one tent for Moses and one tent for Elijah. So you can see Peter's kind of just, he's thinking, here they are. They're all kind of on an equal footing. The great from the past and the great prophet from the present, and wow, what it's, we should just stay here with these three. They're kind of equals. And, and, and God the Father has to intervene because he's, he's saying, now that's, that's not exactly what's going on here. So the Father booms from the heavens and he says, this is my beloved son, listen to him. And then, after that, Moses and Elijah, poof, they're gone. And I love how the text describes it. It says, and they no longer saw anyone with them but Jesus only. I think that's, that's very important wording. Jesus only. So the Father here is making it clear. Jesus is not just an equal of Moses and Elijah. He's not simply uh, a new voice to add to the playlist. Okay? Like I, you know, I listen to a bunch of podcasts. It's not like, oh, the Jesus podcast, just that's the 28th one I'm going to listen to now this week. Just another good one to just kind of add to the list. No, the Father is saying Jesus is the voice. Jesus is the only voice to whom you should listen above all the other ones. Moses and Elijah, they're great voices. They've kind of had their day. Worth listening to, but, but now it's Jesus. Listen to Jesus only. Now this is uh, an important reminder for us too, right? Because sometimes I think, wrongfully, we almost treat Jesus like he's just another, just another good voice. There's a, bunch, there's a bunch of good voices out there. Just add Jesus in there, lump him in. Just take in a little bit of Jesus, and that'll, that'll do you some good. But the Father is saying the voice of Jesus is in a different category altogether. His is the purest, most powerful truth. His is the most reliable word that there is. 
And so I think when, when we've been thinking about other voices that we could listen to, we might be thinking rightfully, yeah, there's some that, yeah, we just really, there's nothing good about that voice. I shouldn't be listening to that one. This one over here, there's some good stuff there. Um, but, but what the Father is telling us is every other voice that you're going to listen to, at some point, it's, it's going to fall short. It's going to lead you astray in some way. The only one to really base your whole life on is what Jesus is saying. Because if you listen to other voices too much, and if you're just kind of lumping Jesus in, or if you're silencing Jesus when he says something that you don't really like, you're going to be led astray. You're going to start to have a skewed sense of, you know, what, what is this life all about? You know, who am I? Well, what is my value and my worth? You know, am, am I, could God love me? You know, there's other voices that are going to speak uh, half-truths or, or just full-on lies to you, or they're just going to fill your ears with, with worthless rubbish. And the Father says, you've got to be, you've got to be careful, and you've got to, you've got to listen to Jesus above everything else. Now, the interesting thing is, if you're, if you're reading the Gospel of Mark in order, so this is in Mark chapter 9, um, what you don't really pick up on today is what happens in Mark chapter 8. So just a week before the events of Transfiguration, Jesus starts to say things, his voice is talking, and the disciples don't like them very much the words that are coming out of Jesus' mouth. Because Jesus starts to, to tell them, he says, I am going to suffer and die soon. And Peter doesn't like it. He rebels against that, you know. Uh, but then Jesus goes on and says, yes, my, my life is going to be characterized by suffering and a cross. And also, everyone who follows me, their lives are also going to include a cross. You're going to pick up your cross and follow after me. And you're going to have to lose this life, die to yourself in order to get the real life. The life that's going to endure. The eternal life that I am preparing for you. And this is, this is hard to listen to. This is confusing to understand. And so the disciples, I think, were starting to, to turn the volume down a little bit on Jesus. They were starting to, eh, maybe he's just, he's on the playlist, but I might, as I'm shuffling, I might skip him every once in a while, you know. So the father has to boom in there, listen to him. Very timely reminder by God the Father. And it's a, it's a good reminder for us, too, because we see Jesus right here, and we, we know those words that he says about the suffering and the death and the cross and everything. We get a, a preview of the glory, though, at the transfiguration. He looks like the Son of God, doesn't he? And so we have this, on transfiguration, it's like a preview of Easter that's going to happen, the resurrection glory. A preview of even farther at the last day when Jesus is going to return in all of his glory. But Jesus reminds us that before those things, before the glory, comes first the suffering and the death. So we have to keep listening to his voice, even though there's some kind of hard things to take in. Otherwise, how would we know that our sins are forgiven? Well, because they're forgiven by Jesus. How would we know that there is glory to come even after the suffering of this life? How would we know how treasured we are, how beloved we are by the Father when sometimes other voices, even my own voice, might kind of shatter my confidence in those things? We have to listen. We have to heed the Father's words to listen to the words of Jesus above all the other voices out there. We're coming to the season of Lent here on Wednesday. Wednesday is... Ash Wednesday, 
but you gotta also remember it's Valentine's Day. It's kind of a quirk of the calendar for this year. But Ash Wednesday is the beginning of the season of Lent, and so we, we really uh, reflect upon our own sin. And sometimes, you know, one of our sins is listening to the wrong voices, right? Silencing the voice of Jesus sometimes. We reflect upon our own sin, all the ways that we go astray, and how God mercifully and graciously has sent a Savior. We reflect upon our need for a Savior and how Jesus has become that Savior. So we walk through the season of Lent. And um, one of the things that we're going to do in order to take in more of the words of Jesus and listen to him this year during Lent is, uh, I am challenging you to read the Gospel of Mark during Lent. So we've, we've done some fun uh, reading challenges over the last few years. We, did, uh, we read through the whole Bible back in 2021. We've had some 40-day uh, book challenges that we've done. We did like the Catechism Challenge last year. Did the Gospel of Luke a couple months ago. Now we've got the Gospel of Mark during Lent. Um, I, uh, I left out one detail, though. Uh, it's not just reading the Gospel of Mark once during Lent. It's reading the Gospel of Mark once every week during Lent. Okay. Now, guys. Guys. It's the shortest Gospel. It, it's, it's 16 chapters. That's eh, about... Two, a little bit more than two chapters a day. But this is an opportunity for us to heed the Father's words and to listen to him and to read the whole story and to really get, our, get, our, get a good handle on what's going on with Jesus. Now, I went back when I was in uh, seminary, uh, pastor school, I took a class where we had to read the gospel. Um, it was a class, it was 10 weeks just on the gospel. And we had to read it every week, not once, not twice, but three times, okay? So I'm letting you guys off real easy, okay? Next year, well, no, I'm just kidding. Um, and it was amazing by like the fourth week of that class how all of us, just by reading it, you know, th this story, then this story comes next, and there's this one, we were making all these connections, and it was amazing, like, like, like just like what we knew and what we were learning about the whole story and how we were taking in the words of Jesus. And it was an experience that I, I still treasure to this day. And I thought I would be just mean if I didn't include my congregation in on the fun of this. So that's the, that's the challenge for us this year during Lent. Sometimes people, uh, you know, you might give up something for Lent. Other people might, might take something on. You know, so just take on reading the Gospel of Mark each week, and then you can eat all the candy that you want, okay? This is, this is beautiful. It's a great deal. So this is, this is a wonderful opportunity for us to listen to the words of Jesus, because those words, they, Jesus speaks and things come true. And Jesus speaks and, and, and his words are true. So for us to take in that truth of the gospel for our lives, this is how we are listening to him as the Father has commanded, as we head into the season of Lent. Uh, and I pray that God's going to bless us as we do that. And he's going to help us keep making more connections as we listen to those words of Jesus. In his name. Amen. Would you pray with me? Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word on the mountain that still we hear echoes of here today to listen to Jesus, to listen to Jesus above all other voices. Help us to be discerning of the voices that we listen to. Help us to silence those ones 
that would lead us astray and help us to take in those words of grace and life that come from your son's mouth. In his name we pray.